Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Thursday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get podcasts from. Appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churnin' Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. It would be a little weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Mound Bayou. Yes. Yes, it would. Mound Bybrew. Mound, Mound Bybrew. That's, 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 that's what we're going to work with. I like it. Wherever you are in our fine state, if you're looking for Strange Brew Coffee, just go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com if you don't live in Starville or Tupelo. They'll ship it right to your door. Whatever kind of coffee machine sitting on the front counter, they got you covered at Strange Brew Coffeehouse. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. That's the place to find maroon and white merchandise that you can't find just anywhere else. Only College Corner has the biggest and best selection of it in central Mississippi. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Florida by the Half Shell. Or you can only shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Humble Taco, Starkville's best Mexican restaurant, Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. This weekend will be a great, great time to go to Humble Taco. Fantastic weather outside, cool. Going to be a, 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 the patio out there is going to be a place to be. Go over there, grab one of their handcrafted margaritas or an ice-cold beer off of their great list of uh, local beers. Get some chips and queso, chips and salsa, some chips and guacamole, whatever whatever your speed is for the chip and dip. And then get some tacos that you cannot get anywhere else. You can only get them at Humble Taco. Firehouse Subs for lunch sounds like a great idea to me. Download the free Firehouse Subs app. Place your order online. It's ready within minutes. Every time you order, you're picking up valuable reward points to go with your sandwich. If you're tailgating this weekend or if you're having a watch party, a Firehouse Subs party platter is definitely something you could look into bringing. Everybody will thank you. Hit up your local location. We've got them in Starkville and Oxford, Tupelo and Columbus, Flowood and Madison. That is Firehouse Subs. We are only a couple of days away from kickoff over at Davis Wade Stadium for what's going to be just a just a massive game for Mississippi State. Huge game. We, we got We got a... Not not a rumblings question, but from our, our friend, uh, just a, a tweet from our friend Colton Watson the other day, and he said, you know, every season has this stretch. He's basically agreeing with the premise we had on Tuesday and that this is the one. And, and you know, what's going to happen in these next three games is going to determine how happy everybody is going into the month of November. And it starts with this game. I, I said this yesterday. I don't think State... If State loses this game, I think they're gonna they're probably gonna struggle to be two and one. It's gonna be tough to come back and win two games in a row, especially when you've got one on the road. State needs the, the momentum of a, of what would be a two game winning streak heading into the Arkansas game. I think I think that's gonna be a, a big part for them. Robbie, just when you look at this game for Texas A and M, I think the biggest 
key for Mississippi State is making A&M completely one-dimensional and putting the game fully onto the shoulders of Max Johnson because, quite honestly, I don't think he can win the game for Texas A&M. Yeah, you know, I was talking to uh, the Tex Ags guy earlier about this and kind of mentioned the same thing. Like, I I really believe that your best chance is to stop A. Shane in the backfield or at least limit what he does three, four yards a carry. Uh, don't let him get a huge breakaway run because he's a guy that can really change the game for you at running back. You need to keep the ball in Max Johnson's hands, and he's been clutch too. You know, he made some throws against Mississippi State last year, and he made some throws against Arkansas that I thought um, won the ball game. But he's not a guy that I think is going to be consistently good every snap or you know most of the ball game. I think he can make a few throws. I think he can beat you for a big play here and there. But I think your best chance in this game is to bottle up the running game, hold a Shane under 100 yards rushing, and put the game in Max Johnson's hands. And I think to do that, I think the best thing for Mississippi State to do is to be patient on the defensive side. Don't overplay your hand uh, with the pass rush or the uh, blitzing packages that they're using. And allow your cornerbacks to win one-on-one battles down the field. Um, allow for some safety help as well. I'm not putting, you know, we talked about it before. I'm not putting Colin Duncan one-on-one coverage with somebody. Um, but, you know, just be patient on the defensive side of the ball. There's no need to be over-aggressive in this game. I think being over-aggressive in this game might be to Mississippi State's detriment. That's interesting to hear you say that because when I think of uh, Zach Arnett, patience isn't necessarily the word I would I would put to him. Do you, th- you think he's capable of putting together a game plan that isn't hyper-aggressive? I mean, we'll see. I mean, I think if you start getting too aggressive on your blitzes, I think that could really hurt you in this ball game. We could see a draw play to A. Shane. We can see a, a screen pass that really kind of neutralizes what you're trying to do with the blitz. And you know, I think I think using the blitz in a smart way it could be very helpful in this game. But I'm not thinking you know, all-out blitz, leaving your safeties on an island with some of these four- and five-star receivers is going to help you in this game because we've seen situations like that. Arkansas had a couple of plays like that last week against Texas A&M that came back to hurt them. So you got to be really careful with how you defend A&M. I think you're playing into their uh, game plan if you get a little too aggressive on the blitz packages. I definitely agree with that. I think the, the 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 key for Mississippi State is to cover. You know, make sure you've got coverage, especially you know with A and M missing their top receiver, Anaya Smith. He's out for the season with a leg injury. You got a real opportunity here with A Shane. I, you mentioned keeping him under 100 yards. That's going to be very tough, simply because he is a guy who can turn a a short gain into a long one so easily. You know, I won't be surprised if he has a, a 40, 50 yard run in this game. It's just limiting him to the one is what's going to be key for Mississippi State. Do you just crowd the line there? And, and you know, you can play – you can crowd the line and still play conservative defensively. It's just a question of, you know, keeping guys near the line of scrimmage but then dropping them out into coverage once you see that it's a pass. Do, do you just basically dare Max Johnson from the first snap of the game? Like, okay, here we are. If you want to run it, you're going to run it right at eight of us. That's That would be probably what I would do. But I don't know if we're going to see that from Zach Arnett. I mean, how many times have we seen something like that? He's kind of, you know, he kind of is what he is. And I was looking at A-Chain's um, 
game by game and really didn't do much of anything. Well, I, I don't want to say much of anything, but he didn't have an uh, overly impressive ball game until last week, and that's when he really kind of broke out. 19 carries for 159 yards. His workload hasn't been, you know, extremely high. 18 carries, mm-hmm. had 10 against App State for 66, which I think the big key there was they just they got the offense off the field. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what Mississippi State's going to have to do. They're going to have to have some three and outs. They're going to have to have some uh, quick possessions. Don't let them get a long, sustained drive. Don't let them get in the red zone because that can really hurt you there. Uh, but, you know, 10 for 66 in that App State game, he's averaging almost seven yards a carry there. Um, so, I mean, if it, if they have more drives, the dude's – he has a monster ball game and then had a big one last week. But he broke off some big plays in that game too. I think you have to limit his runs to, you know, f- four yards a carry mm-hmm. to really feel good about this, and that's going to be tough. It's a tough task. I mean, Sam Houston, 18 carries for 42 yards. What happened there? I, I think Haynes King happened there more than anything else. I This A&M offense is tough to explain. I mean, they, it really they, is. It really they, is tough to explain. They have talent. You know, they, they've recruited well. They're pretty good on the offensive line. They're just obviously when you don't have the quarterback, that's a problem. But even a mediocre quarterback should be able, with the weapons that AM has had, especially before Anaya Smith got hurt, should be able to, to have some more explosive plays than they do. Now, I think part of it is with Jimbo Fisher, his offense, it's just not designed to make it easy. You know, one thing about the air raid is you know that Will Rogers has easy throws available to him on almost every play where he can just dump the ball off and, and get positive yardage. May only be two or three yards, but he has that that available to him. Not it's just not so much in this offense with Jimbo Fisher. He's really asking a lot of the quarterback position, but he doesn't have an elite quarterback. You know, Max Johnson is an average SEC quarterback. I always feel like I need to preface things like that's not to say that Texas A&M can't win this football game. They very easily could. But Max Johnson is is not a quarterback. I mean, if we did a quarterback draft in the SEC, where are you taking Max Johnson? 10th, 11th? Something along. Yeah, I mean, he was if, you know, if if Haynes King was the starter ahead of him. I mean, that's that's right. that should be telling. And and normally sometimes when you make a quarterback change, you immediately see a difference. I didn't. I didn't see any kind of difference in these last two games with Miami and with uh, with Arkansas. And now we've learned that Miami was massively overrated, and Arkansas looks like a team that, you know, our friend Brandon Walker might be pretty close to correct on his prediction of. I had them at 10-2, and two and it doesn't look like, I mean, they're going to lose this weekend, so I, am I saying that they're not going to lose again? I don't think that's the case. So for A&M, you know, making them one-dimensional is the biggest key for Mississippi State. On the on the defensive side of the ball, what about offensively, Robbie? What's the biggest key for for Mississippi State in this one? Execution. They didn't execute against LSU um, last year in this game. They executed at a really high level, um, and A and M, you know, would give them a few plays here and there, man coverage, and immediately we'll hit it. That I think seeing the defense pre snap. And being able to establish they're going to be a man coverage here and making a play downfield for your wide receivers, I think that's the biggest thing for Will Rogers. And maybe establishing a little bit of a run game too, mm-hmm. because you know we talked a little bit about A and M's run defense has not been very good. 
can Dylan Johnson and Jaquavius Marks keep them honest? Can they pick up five yards a rush, six yards a rush? Last year, um, you know, for A&M, they, they kind of lost that game because of their quarterback play. Mm-hmm. Their, their rushing attack set the tone. I think Spiller and uh, A-Shane had almost 175 yards rushing between mm-hmm. them. Yeah. They averaged about seven yards a rush. Mm-hmm. And then Calzada kind of ruined that. Can can State establish a little bit of a running game and open things up for Will Rogers to hit some man coverage or t- to hit a pass down the field here and there? I think that's the biggest thing. Is last year, Will really ate this defense up. Mm-hmm. I thought that was his best game of the year last season. Mm-hmm. Over 400 yards. He hit two big pass plays to uh, uh, Makai oh. Polk for touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah kind of sealed the game late. So Will Rogers has got to be the guy in this game. You can't have another LSU ball game. And I think playing at home is going to help. It's going to allow him to to settle down a little bit. I don't think, you know, the road atmosphere is going to to come into play uh when you're playing at home. So you should you should feel comfortable back there. And Will's been pretty strong at, at home over the last uh two and a half years. So I think really it's just having a little bit of balance, but also the execution offensively. You can't have drops. You can't get behind the chains. You can't set yourself up in a, a second and 15 or something like that. You got to stay on schedule and you got to stay on script. And these guys have got to be able to perform. You know, AM has not been really good against the run this year. Uh, KJ Jefferson had some success last week. Uh, the week before that, Henry Parrish, the Ole Miss transfer, uh, well over 100 yards rushing uh, against AM. Uh, App State was able to control the clock and control the ball. So I wonder if Mississippi State's going to be able to to run effectively. I think that they can. You know, having marks back this week will help that. But I also think that, and, and what is a big key for me is, you know, AM's defensive line is good. They can get pressure. State's offensive line has shown that they'll give up some pressure. So when Rodgers throws those quick hitters, those have got to, to connect. Either, you know, make sure that they're getting caught, make sure they're not getting knocked down at the line of scrimmage. That happened a couple times last week. When he's ready, when it, when it snap, turn, throw, and you're just trying to, you know, turn that into like a little run play almost where you can get four or five yards, they got to make those things work. So that's the only way to get people to back out of pressure is to hit those quick hitters. Hopefully you can hit it to somebody like a Rufus Harvey or even a Tulu Griffin, and those are guys who can take those plays and turn them from two, three-yard gains into seven, eight, and maybe even 10, 12, 15-yard gains. They need to be able to do that, you know, on a, on a pretty regular basis against this aggressive AM defense, which is loaded with talent, but it's inexperienced. And and that's another thing that Mississippi State has working in their favor is that this, you know, the air raid is not a conventional offense. You don't practice against it every week. And so a bunch of these kids who are just true freshmen, super talented, but this is the first they've seen of this offense and how and how to defend it. So state has a little bit of an advantage there. You know, I always do that three-pronged system of well, you know, who do I like in this game? Well, I think State's better at quarterback, obviously, with Rodgers. I think State's at home. I don't think State's at home. State is at home. You know, it's just who do I think is the better coach between Leach and Fisher? I mean, I can really go either way on that. So, you know, everything sort of points to Mississippi State having a chance to win this or having a great chance to win this game. There's a reason they're favored. I've seen the line today has gone up to four, so the money's coming in on Mississippi State. It feels like there's a lot of positive momentum. It feels like the negativity that surrounds us is the simp- is the same negativity that always surrounds Mississippi State. It's nothing new. It's the, well, you know, but we're Mississippi State kind of negativity, right? The poor old no, don't 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 don't, mi- don't. Mi- 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 okay, I won't do it. Please, please don't. Yeah, I think that's 
I think that's pretty much it. I mean, we had some people last year saying uh, that we don't need to overlook Bowling Green. I mean, yeah. you you should expect to win games like this. If you think that your team can win eight games, eight or nine games, mm-hmm. and your your expectations are there, you should you shouldn't be scared of this game. You should expect to win this game. This is a very talented A and M team, but. They haven't shown anything this year that suggests that they're a team that Mississippi State can't beat, especially when you consider that State has beat them, I mean, fairly routinely over the last four ten years. Six. I mean, I, to me, this should be a game that you expect to win. And I've been calling this a win for Mississippi State pretty much all summer into this year. I'm going to pick State to win again on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And I may be wrong on that, and that's fine. But we've seen Mississippi State beat A and M with worse teams. Agreed. So I'm, I mean, I'm not going to. You know, this isn't a game that you should just be just frightened about. No, I agree with you 100. percent All right, let's move on into the second half of the show. That's brought to you by our good friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council, who want to remind you that beef—it's what's for dinner. Playing Texas A and M this week. I mean, Texas beef—it all works. That's what you should be tailgating and cooking out this weekend if you're watching the game is beef. So throw some steaks on the grill, throw some uh, some burgers on the grill, or go grab one of those specialty cups. Grab a brisket, a picanha, a tri You know, I know all about tri-tip and picanha. Nobody told me about that. <laughs> I knew all about it all along. I had You created picanha. I literally had no help in finding out about those fantastic cuts. I want to point that out for everybody who's listening. So, Whoever you are out there in the beef world, beef is good. So go get some this weekend. Put it on the grill and enjoy a great, great meal. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. Great place to come Friday night before the game and then after the game on Saturday to watch the uh, the night games. Enjoy yourself. Have a great time and have some great Great food. I am craving some smoked wings. I may, I may just go buy, just go get some smoked wings to go for dinner tonight or something like that. I, I, I need them. I need them. I could eat. I could eat wings pretty much every day of the week. I, I had wings for lunch. That's why I'm doing this. That's why exactly. So head over to Two Brothers Smoked Meats and enjoy some smoked Southern soul food in the heart of the Cotton District. Great products and great services. What everybody promises you, but Advantage Business Systems can be counted on to deliver it. And I know that because they've been open for 47 years. And you don't just get to be open that long. You know, people talk about Will Rogers. Oh, he completes all these passes because he's in the air raid. Well, that's not really how it works. Sort of the same thing here. You know, you don't get to stay open for 47 years unless you're taking care of your customers. Imagine a business been open 47 years. Yeah, we don't really care about our customers. Doesn't work like that, does it? So when you need technology for your business, copiers, printers, computers, laptops, you call Advantage Business Systems. When they need service, you call Advantage Business Systems. You're not talking to somebody across the uh, the Pacific Ocean trying to get you to you know, take care of you from God knows where. No, you're talking to somebody in the state of Mississippi. And when that, that service call is made, it goes to somebody in the state of Mississippi, not somebody, I don't know, Tennessee, Arkansas, Alabama, a couple days, three, four days, maybe five, six days before they can get to you. No, it's all done here in this state. Their number is 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. You have this look on your face like, what, what am I looking at? I, I'm, I'm watching AEW from the other day in the background, and the, 
I didn't understand why everyone was fighting outside the ring and then just randomly everybody just jumped in the ring. I know. What is what is happening? Why not? I don't know. If you're looking for some new shirts, and I know that you are, I know that you're tired of that same old banner M Adidas polo with the three color sleeves and the the logo the size of a you know a small baby's head. But on, they say only the best. Only for the best for Mississippi State. What they are lying to you. The best is available at the Rogue and the Rogue's Collegiate Collection. They've got the logos you want, the M over S, the state script, the walking bully, and they've got high quality garments from name brand providers talking about the Rogue, one of the top men's clothiers in the entire Southeast and have been for 55 years. You know the name, the Rogue. Now you get to know their collegiate collection, some of the best looking polos and quarter zips you are going to find. Don't worry about the three stripe life. Shop the Rogue, therogue.com, or look at them up. Look them up on Instagram at the Rogue JXN. All right, we're going to go to an interview now. I talked earlier with Alex Miller. He covers the Aggies for the Bryan College Station Eagle. Let's get his thoughts on this game and this Texas A&M team. So joining us now on the podcast, Alex Miller. He covers the Aggies for the Bryan College Station Eagle over there in the state of Texas. This Texas A&M team, you know, people who listen to this podcast, people who listen to me on Sports Talk Mississippi know that, you know, I, I was selling them as overrated to start the season off. The the App State game kind of made me think I was right. But then I, I thought they bounced back really nicely against Arkansas. That was not a game I predicted them to win. And they played well, especially defensively. You know, the App State loss can be something that, that could have turned the season the wrong way in a big-time way, but it hasn't. It has not seemed to. They bounced back nicely. Just what's the general mood around this Texas A&M program right now? Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of said it. They kind of saved their season the last two weeks. I mean, when you, when you lose to App State and then you have back-to-back top 15 games against Miami and Arkansas, and then you have to go to Starkville, a place A&M kind of had a hard time playing at before, and then, of course, Alabama, I mean, you're, you're staring at a one and five start potentially two and four, maybe even. And that that would have that would have really soured a lot of A&M fans, in my opinion. But uh, to A&M's credit, they 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 stepped up. Uh, they made a switch at quarterback. That seems to have been the right move the last two weeks. And like you said, they played really good defense. I mean, the way that they were able to shut Arkansas down in that second half with K.J. Jefferson was was pretty phenomenal, given how bad they started. So. Uh, you know, AM and a work in progress. You know, Jimbo said it well after the game. He was proud of them for, for winning, but they could play so much better. And anybody that's watched them can can tell you that. So uh, A&M's got good potential. It's just a matter of can, will they will they really get it going and really make something out of the season? Because they, they saved it and they've got a chance to do something. When you look at this team offensively, I mean, they're, they're kind of one-dimensional. I love Devon A. Shane. I mean, the guy's a great player. Fantastic running back, uh, one of the top in the in the conference. But pe- from the passing game perspective, they're just not great. And Anaya Smith being out for the season certainly doesn't help that. So I'm going to put it on to you. Explain to me why you think this Texas A&M offense can improve and be better as the season goes along. Well, uh, you know, the biggest thing from Max Johnson has been his ability to protect the football. And Jimbo's noted that several times. Uh, Haynes King, phenomenal athlete. One of the reasons why uh, he, he ended up losing the job, though, is his inability to protect the football. He had almost as many turnovers as he did touchdowns, and that's just not, not going to get it done. Uh, Max, is, Max is a seasoned veteran. 
he he's been through the SEC gauntlet before at LSU, and he he played like it last weekend. I mean, he's he's taking his lumps. He 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 needs to get the ball out a little faster and avoid some of those sacks. Um, but for for the most part, Anum offense has moved better and has been more composed with him under center uh, these last couple weeks. And you know. You kind of you kind of nailed it. Anum took a huge hit by losing Anaya Smith. I mean, not only is he their most experienced player on offense, but he he may be their most versatile player on offense. To his ability to to catch the ball in space, make plays, yards after catch. Uh, he'll line up in the backfield. He's a great blocker when they get into a pony set. But you know, Anias Anias is is a big loss. But they still got they still got some good guys. Uh, uh, coming up, coming up, you know, looking at Evan Stewart, he was a five-star guy at a high school that AM had a lot of praise for. I mean, not many true freshmen at wide receivers start for Jimbo Fisher. And that, that has not been the case at AM during his time here at AM. And so he's a guy that they're really going to have to turn to in these coming weeks. He showed some great signs this last week. Um, but the big thing was Devon A. Chain finally getting it going between the tackles. Uh, a had really struggled to run the ball between the tackles those first three games, and they went right through that Arkansas defense uh, this last week. We, we talked with a center, Bryce Foster, yesterday, and he said, he said that Jimbo's game plan was to, to run it against the Razorbacks, which kind of seems crazy given how good they are up front in that front seven. Uh, but that's exactly what the Aggies did. I mean, they they ran and ran and ran, and they ran it well, and they sprung some big ones and some key moments. And and that seems to be A&M's M.O., and that seems to be what they're going to try and do going forward. So, you know, Mississippi State's defense against the run has been pretty good this year. I don't think you can totally say you can't limit or, or contain. I don't know what the word is for, for A-Shane because he's going to break some big runs. There's just no way around that. He's such a talented player. But if Mississippi State puts the game on the Max Johnson shoulders, do you think he can win the game for Texas A&M? Yeah, that, that's a hard one because he hasn't quite been in that position. I mean, you think about it, though. The the first time that I ever saw him was last year when Anum played LSU. And what did he do? He went out there on that final minute, and they threw the ball all the way down the field, and, and they got it done. And I've got to think that A&M has a better receiving core uh, than LSU did last year. And that A&M defense last season was pretty salty. So I've got to think that they have the ability to do it now whether or not they can to be seen because they, they, they just haven't done it yet. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's a, that's a fair question. And I, I think that there's a chance that that could happen because I think this game could be pretty close. I mean, the spreads what like three. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this, this could be a, this could be a four quarter battle for sure. Uh, and so we, we could see that possibly happen on Saturday. Whatever problems A&M has had offensively, defensively, they've been fantastic this year. Really solid. Uh, really did a great job against Miami. And then I thought, like you said, bouncing back from that 14 nothing deficit the way they did, they made the play that won the game uh, is what A&M's defense did. And this is such a young defense. All of those five-star kids and four-star kids that are part of that class a season ago are just now starting to find their way a little bit here, you know, as we get closer to the midway point of the season. You know, how good is this Texas A&M defense from a, from a university that has a, a great tradition of putting out great defenses? Yeah, I mean, they, they've they really 
stepped up. I mean, how about that crazy play last week, that whole fumble deal where backyard football guys taking it from his teammate, running it to the house. Um, but yeah, you know, what's interesting is that last week, Aiden played a lot of three-man front. And, you know, everybody wants to talk about the, the depth and the stockpile of players that they have on the defensive line, but they, they're, they're running only three guys out there at one time, which I found kind of interesting. And whereas Arkansas was able to take advantage of that there in that first quarter, Anum really settled into that scheme there in that second half and, and really made some good plays. And if you've watched what Anum's done the last two years on defense against Mississippi State, they've run a three-man front with six defensive backs, which makes sense when you're playing a team like Mississippi State coached by Mike Leach, right? There, there's, there's two things Mike Leach likes to do. He likes to pass the ball and he likes to beat Texas A&M. So, uh, <laughs> you know, that's that's definitely going to tr- be the Bulldogs' mo this week. And whereas AM did really well in that three-man, six defensive back scheme two years ago in Starkville, Mississippi State had AM's number against that against that defensive alignment last year. I mean, Will Rogers really. I mean, there weren't a lot of big plays, but they picked them apart bit by bit, got down the field with ease uh, in those intermediate short passes. And so, if you're AM knowing how efficient Will Rogers is and how, how aggressive Mississippi State's going to be in the passing game, they're going to have to be on their A game, defending those passes and those crossing patterns. And, and that's something that, that A&M's definitely got their attention on this week. When we do our predictions for the, for the games, we, we pick a player we call the X factor, not the guy that we're saying is the offensive or defensive player of the game, just somebody who could make a big play that makes a difference in this game. If you had to pick one of those for Texas A&M, who would it be? Ooh, that's a great question. Okay, I'll give you one on each side of the ball. On, okay. on, on offense, I'm going to go Evan Stewart because without Anaya Smith, A&M's got to have a receiver that steps up big. He, he's a guy that's shown flashes. Um, but he hasn't just had that breakout game where he's just burst onto the scene and it's clear he's the guy. Now he's going to have to be the guy. He's going to have to grow up pretty fast. He's going to have to put away that, get, that suspension against Miami in the past and be a guy A&M can count on on offense, especially in the passing game, make a big play downfield. And then on defense, I think it's Antonio Johnson. He is their do-it-all defensive back. Uh, he's a guy that can play nickel. He'll play high safety. He'll, he'll match up one-on-one on the opposing team's best receiver. You saw that last year, Arkansas got ahead big because of Traylon Burks. And then the whole second half, Antonio Johnson just marked him up one-on-one and Traylon Burks had like one catch for five yards. So, you know, if Mississippi State's finding a guy that's hot at receiver, they might, they just might match up Antonio Johnson on him one-on-one and try and try and shut him down. And, you know, knowing what Mississippi State's capable of in the passing game, A&M's got, A&M's got to stop those passes and be able to make tackles in space and not allow for yards after catch um, because that, that's, that's what Mississippi State's going to do, and then they're going to try and pop a big one over the top. And what did Arkansas do good last week? They popped a big one over the top, and that is something that A&M cannot afford to do this week, uh, especially in a place like Starkville where it can get a little rowdy pretty quick. <laughs> Well, we'll see what it brings this weekend. It should be a tremendous game between two teams. They really need the, this win. Both teams do. So we'll see what happens uh, in Starville. Alex Miller from the Bryan College Station Eagle, man. Thanks so much for joining me. You can follow him on Twitter at AlexMill20. If you're looking for some A&M news this week, give him a follow. Thanks again, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate you.
All right. Thanks to Alex. Appreciate his time talking to him. You know, it's, he sort of got the same concerns that you and I do, Robbie, that, you know, can Al, can Max Johnson deliver in this game? There's a lot of pressure on Max Johnson in this game, and which is an interesting way of putting it because you and I are both saying, hey, don't pressure Max Johnson in this game. Make him make the throws. <sighs> I, I guess my question is, you know, you look at last year, and, and this is what Alex brought up, last year against Texas A&M, Max Johnson was able to make some throws, but he had a much better skill position group around him, I think. Than did than he does now with Texas A&M. I know Evan Stewart is a five star guy, but I mean with that with Anaya Smith out, I, I just don't really like this receiving core. And I, I mean I love A Shane, but it's it's going to be it's going to be on Mississippi State to stop him. I just don't see Max Johnson having enough to to will his team to victory in this. Well, you look at it. Anaya Smith had fifteen of their catches, and their next guy had thirteen. Evan Stewart, mm-hmm. like you said. And then below that, yet their next guy was Yul Keith Brown with five. Yeah, big gap. I mean, there's just not a. It's, the talent is there. It's just unproven. They they haven't really done anything on this level. So I think they lean on the running game a little bit. They try to establish that, and if that's not working, then they start pressing a little bit. And that's your goal as Mississippi State on defense is to to do that. You mm-hmm. you really want to force them to throw the ball down the field because so far in the first uh, four games or whatever it is, you know, Max Johnson, 10 of 20 for 140 against Miami, 11 of 21 for against Arkansas for 151. I mean, they're just, they're just getting by with a passing game. What they want to do is establish the run. So for state that your number one priority, I think should be limiting the run. I don't think you're going to shut them down but you want to limit what they do offensively in the run game. Yeah. Turnovers were a huge issue for, for A&M the first couple of games. And as Alex told us, under Max Johnson, they've, they've been able to limit those a little bit. Tur- turnovers are going to be key in this game. The first turnover could be the difference maker for either side, especially if it becomes a, some, a situation where you can return. Both of these teams have athletes on defense who can turn turnovers into points. Now, Emmanuel Forbes, as we all know, has no problem taking interceptions back to the house. So... Whoever you know wins the turnover battle. I mean, that's sort of a cliche, but it really is going to be key uh, for both teams in this game. I feel so. We'll see what happens uh, Saturday. All right, tomorrow, Friday show. You know what it is? It's the three P's: Mississippi State, Texas A and M. Robbie and I'll give you the full preview plus our playmakers and our predictions for this massive game Saturday in Starbucks. What do you? What do you? Give me an attendance number. You're looking. You think it's going to? You're going to see? Uh. 50, 56,000. I'd probably go a little lower. I'd say like 52, 53, but I think it'll be a good crowd. Good crowd. It'll still be a great crowd. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. Weather should be great. Should be fantastic weather for sure. For sure. All right. Don't forget uh, if you, if you missed the interview or, or anything that is also available on the podcast feed, along with my interviews earlier this week with Brandon Marcello and Nick Fitzgerald, check those out as well. A lot of great stuff for you here on the podcast feed this week on thunder and lightning. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk, Mississippi.
Talk Mississippi Media Production.